0: Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Donovan alongside the young boy Josh Smith Thank you again for downloading our show for another week We got a lot of great feedback on last week's Fantasticamania show And Josh, since the last time we've recorded, there's been two more Fantastica Mania shows. There has been two new beginning shows, title changes, and a lot of hot angles going on. Uh, If we were to try to cover all that this week, we'd probably have a four-hour episode.
1: That sounds good to me, <laughs> <laughs> but
0: no, we're we're not gonna do that. To they did you that guys. on
1: Sunday in WWE. <laughs> no, that was longer than that. So yeah. It work out pretty good for those
0: guys. Yeah, but we're not we're not gonna do that to you guys. Um, what we're gonna do, we're gonna cover the new beginning shows next week. Uh, this week, we're gonna focus on the last two nights of Fantastica Mania. I know there are a lot of podcasts out there that don't care for Fantastica Mania. And are not giving giving you guys the coverage you want, but here at Keeping a Strong Style, we like Fantastica Mania, and we're gonna give you the Fantastica Mania uh, coverage. Like I mentioned, we got a lot of great feedback on last week's Fantastica Mania show. Those were
1: really well received shows, and also we got a lot of downloads. I was kind of surprised. I, I was surprised too. I didn't
0: know, you know, a lot of people. I don't know if they watch Fantastica Mania, but uh, we got a lot of downloads And I saw a lot of people on the New Japan Reddit were um, They were excited about Fantastica Mania And were looking for more coverage of it
1: Yeah, so I mean it's kind of cool to uh, Be able to kind of bridge the gap Between New Beginning and <clears throat> Excuse me guys I'm Normally I'm the young boy But I'm a sick boy right now <laughs> um, Kind of this sickness been trying to overtake me I keep trying to kick out though But yeah, to kind of bridge the gap between, uh, you know, Tokyo Dome all the way to New Beginning. And, you know, these shows were very, very good. So they kind of do deserve the coverage, you know, that we can give them. Right, and so next week we
0: will cover uh, the two new beginning and Sapporo shows. We will also next week name the January wrestler of the month and January
1: match of the month. Oh yeah, and actually, I'm excited to see if there's something you know on these next two shows. I've been hearing some rumblings about a, uh, one of the main events it's supposed to be really good. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. Alright Josh,
0: well let's start off uh, Fantastica Mania From January 21st
1: Let's let's do that
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Opening Match we had uh, the team Of Puma and Disturbio Taking on the team Of Drone and Star Junior You know Good little opening tag match Here um, Disturbio was getting a lot of heat during this match for uh, he was biting um, Star Jr. and Drone a lot through the match. Um, there was a awesome top rope uh, powerbomb spot uh, from Puma onto Star Jr. Um, Star Jr. did an awesome Asai moonsault at uh, one point in the match. What do you think about this match, Josh?
1: Uh, that was, you said it was Puma and Serbio against... Uh, Drone and Star Jr. Yes, I mean, that was a good opener, um, you know, from what I understand, you know, these guys essentially are somewhat of, like, mid-card to, like, opener-type guys, and they don't get to be featured as often, like, in, in you know, big shows like the, the Arena Mexico shows and all that, so I felt like everybody here worked really hard, um... How did, what was the finish of that? Match? So, the
0: finish was uh, Puma uh, caught drone in a cradle and pinned him. And was something we mentioned on last week's show and these CMLL matches that a lot of times they could end with a quick uh, roll up or cradle. It's not always a big finish. And that's what happened here Puma caught drone with a cradle and
1: picked up the win here. Yeah, one of the only things with these shows is, you know, three of them back-to-back. It, it's almost, they do so much stuff, which I'm not knocking that at all, but it, it almost makes it hard to remember anything as being too memorable. Right. But I do remember, you know, I thought this match was good. Um, out of these guys, I do remember thinking that uh, I like uh, Star Junior a lot. I think Yes Like Star Jr He he comes off as being Really 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 charismatic And he can That guy can really move in the ring He does a lot of crazy Freaking crap um, And then Puma Don't know about his gimmick Long term I guess in Mexico It probably uh, Cause I know He's the son of I think Felino Or one of the other, Someone of that nature Um But he's a great worker, actually. He gets a lot of, like, really good heel heat. And the guy can just, like, tell a story using his body language, not so much just having to have facial expressions, that sort of thing. So I thought this was really good, Um, you know, and it didn't outstay its welcome. It was, you know, kind of quick, happened, bang, bang, boom. And, yeah, this is a good match, good opener.
0: Yeah. I also, too, was impressed with Star Jr. And I hope to see some more of his matches in the future. Uh, the next match, we had the team of Fuego, Soberano Jr., and Taguchi taking on Okamura and Sho and Yo over Pungi 3K.
1: Yeah, so this match was the first time that we really got to see like Fuego and Taguchi sort of interact. Yeah, and, and kind of cut from the same cloth. Yeah,
0: I would say before we even talk about the mask, we have to talk about what Taguchi was wearing. He came out here with like this green vest thing and this green hat. He looked like the Lucky Charms
1: uh, <laughs> mascot. I was like, what are you wearing, Taguchi? You know, I was trying to get through these uh, sh- because I only had a short period of time to like kind of watch these. I was kind of just going skipping through the entrances mm-hmm. except for when LIJ would come out <laughs> so I didn't actually even
0: see that get up but yeah it was yeah it was all I, I thought was Lucky Charms when I saw that mm. also uh Rapungi 3K were wearing lucha masks for their yeah, entrance yeah I noticed
1: that did you also notice that they have different attires now
0: yes they did I think um I think that was just for the Fantastica mania. I, I don't know. I watched New Beginning Night 1. I can't remember what they're... They what have they're,
1: their normal tire back?
0: I thought they did, but I could be wrong. I was watched so much wrestling the last few days, like everything's starting to blur.
1: <laughs> uh, so, Sho kind of has like this, I don't know, almost like Godot-esque sort of like pants, you know? And then Yo's wearing like these cut off like half I forget there was someone in WWE who used to wear something like that I feel like it was Zack Ryder wasn't it who used to have yes the one leg yeah yeah yeah, the one leg so those are those are kind of different but they kind of fit his character a bit and uh, I thought this match was really fun actually yeah this was a really good match Um, actually
0: one thing I put in my notes I put all I wrote down was Taguchi is over (laughs) like (laughs) the crowd they love to it's just awesome to see like you know he's not always considered as one of like top guys because he's kind of a clown but yeah um he's over with the fans and when it comes down to when it's
1: time for him to wrestle he knows how to get uh, stuff done in the ring you know who's over is mima shimoda that's uh akamura's wife oh yes yes she, she is like she's great like she's great yeah. like just everything that she does healing it up and like she takes bumps and yeah, stuff yeah she
0: got involved um, these last two nights in both of Akamoro's matches a lot more than she did on night one
1: yeah apparently I didn't realize Mima Shimoda once I realized that that's who she was I was like oh okay like I've seen her wrestle like as like in old Joshi tapes and things like that so I am actually familiar with her work She was a great worker she probably still is actually but, uh, yeah, this was a really fun match. I thought that Sho and Yo, they've spent time in Mexico, so this really—they fit well, like, right in with this. I liked the stuff with Fuego and uh, Akamura, just the comedy spots. Fuego's awesome. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and like you mentioned, uh, we are talking about Mima. She was in there, and she was giving Toguchi a little bit of his own medicine with the hip attacks.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't she spank him at one point? I think
0: she did too And then she hit him With the hip attacks Until he
1: started Like uh,
0: motorboarding her
1: Yeah that was weird. <laughs> This is stuff You're never gonna see In WWE right. like, it, Those days are gone <laughs> But uh, yeah So I mean uh, Fuego uh, Soberano Jr. And uh, Taguchi Defeated Okamura yo Sobrano sure. uh, Hit the Enziguri And Corkscrew High Cross And Okamura And he got Picked up the win there another fun little you know match Um, something else I wrote in my notes I wrote about Soberano Jr. I wrote he's smooth he's so smooth where a lot of these guys kind of seem frantic and all over the place and one of the knocks that a lot of like western fans have on Lucha Sometimes they can see disconjointed or, you know, kind of clunky. And they work from the other, you know, they work from the left side. And right the right, right side. side, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of guys don't like that just visually. But uh, Soberano is just so smooth, Yeah, man, man he hit a Fosberry flop that was just great. Everything he does um, is like poetry. It's, it, it's like, I don't know, I don't want to say he's like the lucha Randy Orton but I mean when we think of smooth workers I mean Randy Orton's always the guy that comes to mind so it's kind of similar to that in right way. and
0: uh, something else too I took a note of with Taguchi we've been seeing this the Nakamura tributes uh, throughout a lot its, yeah. yeah since Russell Kingdom I believe he's been doing the, like the Nakamura dance and the throwback pose thing so I hope he keeps doing it <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's been hilarious So yeah. I
1: hope one day we get uh, a standoff between the two of them Where they're both doing it, and like in a match or something like that, down the road, that'd be freaking awesome. That would be. All right, up next, we had the team
0: of Atlantis, Kawato, Kojima, and Kushida taking on the team of Bushi, Rush, uh, Takahashi, and Naito, L.I.J.
1: Yeah, so this one was interesting in that... uh, L.I.J. got jumped from the get-go. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of like the faces sort of picked up on, knew what they are going to do and kind of anticipated it and launched a preemptive attack. Uh, but then they basically got worked on the outside. L.I.J. still got the upper hand and just beat the crap out of them on the outside. Uh, but that was like a fun way to kind of, unexpected opener, I suppose. Right. And um,
0: at some point during this... Um we saw Naito roll up on uh, Milano again. The commentator, yeah,
1: like he was gonna attack him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that man's got to be living in fear every time he
0: sees Naito. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> uh, but once again, you know, Lij they worked so well together, even with Rush, who's not with them uh, full time all time because obviously he's in Mexico, uh, but. It's like he's a part of L.I.J. all the time. I mean, they work so well together. Um, uh,
1: For me, like, on a lot of these shows, Roosh has, like, been the standout guy.
0: Dude, he oozes charisma.
1: Man, he just—he's so good. I mean, when I see him, I'm like, man, this guy's a star. Yeah, he's he's really, really, really good. Like, I don't know what else to say about him, but, like, his mannerisms, his, like, character work— you know, we we always talk about Tranquilo. He's, like, the least Tranquilo of all the guys. Right. And he tries to, like, play it off like he's, <laughs> like he's cool, but he's clearly, like, the crazy one in the group. Yeah. I uh, also pop
0: for their little, like, soccer ball spot they've been doing where, like, actually they pass the soccer ball back and forth to
1: each other. I liked the new gear that they came out with with the new jersey, the LIJ jersey. Yeah. The, those are fresh. Like, I would probably rock one of those. Right. Um, and then
0: uh, coming on at one point in this match... They pretty much put the work on Kojima. He pretty much got jump zone by uh, all four members. Man, her.
1: Roosh really beat the crap out of Kojima on the outside. I mean, it was kind of a prolonged thing. They, they had to separate them out. Oh, no, that was even after the match. But, like, during yeah. the match, man, he put the boots to that dude. Like, and uh, you're a Kojima guy. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> I am. I love Kojima. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I was very invested in this rivalry. And uh, in my notes here for the finish of the match, I, I wrote Rush kills Kowato. They were killing Kowato. With a double underhook pile driver. Uh,
1: Hiromu was beating the crap out of Kowato. Yes, dude. Kowato's
0: chest was like. It was bleeding. Yeah. Man. It was bleeding. At Busted one point. open
1: his chest. That was some pro wrestling, like Noah or some, like, big Japan stuff right there. I mean, that was stiff as crap. You know, we always talk about, like, strong style, but the truth is you don't see a lot of strong style in in New Japan the way you do in, like, Big Japan or, like, Noah, some of the, like, guys, the bruisers they have over in those promotions. But, man, this was some strong style strikes, like... Right. Yeah. uh, Kawada was getting killed.
0: Yeah. And, like I mentioned, uh, Rouge hit the Rouge driver on kawato to get the pin and then uh post match rush and kojima were brawling rush beat kojima down which was obviously building to their one-on-one match on the next show
1: yeah the crowd was really into that
0: you're right there was a lot of heat for this match um and just it was just a, a solid another solid match a fun match
1: yeah it was fun, but also, like, they really beat the crap out of those guys. <laughs> it was, like, I thought the, the uh, match the night before, I, I enjoyed that more just for the shenanigans and overall story, and it was kind of crazier. Uh, but this one was, like, a little more violent, for sure. Yeah.
0: So, up next, we had uh, the first semi-final match in the Hermanos uh, Tag Team Tournament. And you had Angel de Oro and Niebla Roja taking on the team of Ultimo and Gran Guerrero.
1: Yeah, so this was pretty good, too. I think one thing the listeners are going to pick up on is everything we're saying here is, like, it's all pretty good. Nothing from this night so far had been really blow away. This was a a kick-up, you know, in terms of quality. You know, this is, like, the first match, I'd say, was, like, in that three-and-a-half, like, territory, I suppose. Yeah. But, um... You know it, it it was it was really good for what it was obviously the built-in story with uh, Niebla Roja and um, you know Gran Guerrero uh, they had the title match the night before and that freaking awesome match yeah well not the night before but two nights before good, Right. But um yeah I mean and then obviously they headlined uh the anniversary show or you know last year so I mean that kind of played into things here and this was a real this was a really really good match right, there's yeah, a I mean, lot of good mat wrestling
0: Yeah there's a lot of great mat wrestling um a lot of insane dives there were a lot of in, insane dive spots from the um Oro brothers um da- insane dives from the Guerrero's Uh, Ultimo Guerrero hit his um, top rope um, gourd buster
1: thing. Yeah, they they kind of picked up where they were the the night before where in that match I think we mentioned they did a lot of top rope moves, like big finishing top rope moves. They started doing that whole, uh, it's almost like like how we talk about like a Western WWE match, like finisher, finisher, kick out, kind of like that. They just started going for these big moves, but just off the top rope, which is kind of different. But uh, yeah, it was really good. And, um, yeah, when Gran Guerrero hit him with that, what is it that he he hit him with? With the, His finish? I guess he calls it the Gran Guerrero yeah. special. Yeah. But that's, that's the thing where he lifts him up like, like he's going to It's, a, it's like a
0: lawn dart kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. He gets on top rope, lifts him up, and then lawn darts him and jumps at the same time.
1: Yeah. The second half is really where it started picking up with all right. the dives and like the double team, there's a lot of double team dive moves. Yeah.
0: Um. And held the Oro. He did like a cartwheel Fosbury
1: flop thing. He's awesome. And that was that was sick. It, it, it's really shocking because in the West, uh, you know, we've we get like uh, tastes of this sort of thing. You know, there's one guy that's special in each promotion that does like uh, lucha style. One or two guys, you know, and we think of them as being the best. But when you go down to Mexico, there's. everybody can do this stuff. You know what I mean? Like That's the whole style. And there's so many guys that are like that, that you're like, man, like everybody down there can do this stuff. It's pretty impressive, actually. You know, we think like, oh, you know, we have Phoenix over here. We got Ray and... All that, but then they got, then you you watch CMLL and everybody, everybody down there is doing that stuff, you know. And I mean, obviously, there's a difference between the top elite guys. So I'm not trying to say everybody can be like you know Mystica or whatever, but still, uh, from like Star Jr. Saborano and Heldé Oro, like there's a lot of guys down there.
0: I mean, even like the other guys, like Star Jr.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: are really really good. Um, so, as we mentioned, um, the Guerrero brothers picked up the win here. It's a very good tag match. Which I predicted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the vision, man. Josh has the vision. Uh, called
1: this called this tournament, exactly. Yeah, Guerrero's picked up the win here. I don't think if, you know, it doesn't take, like, too much. I mean, it's not, nothing special about me. I'm pretty sure most people that are semi-familiar could probably tell you like you know if it's if, it, if Ultimo Guerrero and Gran Guerrero are teamed up they're going to end up in the finals like they're you know Ultimo Guerrero is one of the biggest names in the company so right
0: and then we had the next Armano semi-final match with the brother team of Dragon Lee and Mystico taking on the team of Quartero and Sanson
1: this was good. Um, it was shorter, and I think it was as good as the previous tag match. Uh, I thought it was interesting to see uh, Quattrero and Sanson come out with uh, the different like brother gear gear that they yeah. had. They wore the actual trunks instead of tights, which was different, and they all white. I was the whole time I was sitting there I was like good guys wear white I guess <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah. it, this was really good too yeah they got they were getting some heat in the beginning of the match trying to take off Mystical's <laughs> mask yeah um, Dragon Lee he did an awesome Falcon Arrow at one point in this match um, they did a
1: lot of awesome stuff like that's the thing there's so many moves to call to just be like they're doing a lot of crap <laughs>
0: yeah
1: <laughs> um Mystico and Dragon Lee, two of the best high flyers in the whole world, and you know, they're brothers, and they just showed everybody why they're two of the best at what they do. You know, to steal a line from uh, Chris Jericho, (laughs) but they're really, really good. I mean, and Cotrera and Sanson, both of those guys, they're, uh, I forget who their family is or their lineage, but I know that they're like, they're both destined for stardom in that company. Mm based on their build and their look and their family pedigree but uh, would that still be in the case like they weren't on this particular night they weren't going to go over Mystico and Dragon Lee right Um, there
0: was a lot of awesome Rana's in this match there was a reverse Rana uh, by Dragon Lee there was like a a apron like assisted Hurricane Rana thing that uh, Dragon Lee and Mystico did
1: there was a uh, yeah Hurricane Rana to the outside that was really awesome
0: And um, then like you mentioned, you know, they couldn't uh, take out Mystico and Dragon Lee. Mystico gets the win. He counters the suplex, locks in the La Mystica, which is like a... uh, Looks like he's going for head scissors, but then he drops him down into like a Fujiwara Fujiwara. arm bar. Yeah. And he got the submission win here. Match was uh, 10 minutes and 30 seconds, so not that
1: long, but it was still a very good match. I remember I used to play... uh WWE like 13 or 14 I don't remember which one it was and I used to try to play Sinkara a lot because he was getting that big push Yeah, and I hated that finish <laughs> every time I was like oh I gotta go into, what, what What are the finishes in that game called the uh, su- the breaking submission oh the breaking point or whatever breaking point I freaking yeah. hated having to I was like this is this dude's finish he's <laughs> one of the best high flyers in the world and he goes into a Fujiwara <laughs> armbar sucks uh,
0: grab a hole pal <laughs> Alright, and then we have the main event of the evening
1: Oh yeah This
0: was a match that you were looking forward to The uh, most. Yes, you were This was the NWA welterweight title match We had the champion of Volador Jr. taking on the challenger, Barbaro Cavanario
1: Let's be clear here This was not for the NWA Welterweight Championship. This is for the NWA World Historic Welterweight Championship. These are not the two same belts. (laughs) And if if you have questions about what I'm referring to, just listen to our last podcast. We made mention of this. But, yeah, I've heard a lot of people say this is for the NWA Welterweight title. It's not. It's for the World Historic Welterweight belt, which is... Freaking confusing as crap Right, we went over in the last episode A lot about all
0: the titles That are in uh, CMLL, LL And yeah, a lot of titles So listen to last week's episode If you need a history lesson on why there's so many belts And what belt is what But So this is for the NWA Historic welterweight title uh, The champion, like I mentioned, Voldor Jr. The challenger, your man Barbero.
1: Dude, both of these guys are my guys. I love Volador, and I love Barbaro. I like Barbaro Cavanario the best for me. Like, he's my favorite guy in CMLL um, for a lot of different reasons. But this match was – this was the match of the whole uh, – Tour. The whole tour. Yeah. Uh,
0: something very interesting at the beginning. Uh, Voldor, he kept his mask on for a little bit in the beginning and did a couple yeah. sequences with the mask. I was like, hmm, is he going to keep the mask on for this match? Yeah,
1: once that mask comes off, they never work. That's what I was confused about. But it then,
0: it and then anymore. eventually he uh, took it off.
1: He does it every. Like I said in the last uh, podcast, every. He doesn't do that in, Jap- in Mexico, but in Japan, these guys, they. Oh, I don't know why. It's just like this ooh ah spot. <laughs> him, him and uh, uh, Ultimo Guerrero. they yeah. do it every match but they don't right. do it in Mexico just here yeah they do it every year <laughs> it's
0: weird I don't I guess, know uh, they figured out they get a pop in Japan they're like oh we'll keep doing it every year cheap pop
1: they get a pop off of it yeah. every single time but this match was crazy
0: I mean there were tons of crazy moves in this match there was a nice plancha by uh, Barbaro um, there was also He did a crazy dive spot He did a uh, Splash to the floor Which was uh,
1: There was one point where he did A springboard plancha Into a uh, Into a uh, Hurricane Rana to the outside Yeah And I was just like Man that's That's some Rey Mysterio 97 Like 96, 97 stuff Like You know, it's crazy when you go back, you watch those matches, and realize how good Ray was, because even as good as these guys are, they're not really on the level that Ray was. But I I dare say, Volador might be the best uh, luchador that I've seen, that that's like active out there. Because I mean, he's incredible.
0: Yeah, he's great. And um, there was, um, I forgot who it was, but it was like a hammerlock suplex on the floor.
1: They did a lot of stuff on the outside. Yeah. That, uh, he did the one spot where he does the, you know, on the inside where Cabernario, he does the uh, thing where he runs up springboards. For springboard
0: o- splash thing, yeah. He
1: did that on the outside off of a chair, which was really cool. One thing you're going to learn about Barbro Cabernario, this man hates his knees. Yeah. He just does not give a crap about his knees. That spot that he does where he does the splash to the Support, outside. Yeah, the
0: caveman splash. He does it
1: all the time. Yeah. I don't know how he's, like, walking. This dude, like, hates his freaking kneecaps. He doesn't want to walk when he's old.
0: And, uh... He needs to have a talk with Mick Foley, bro. Yeah, seriously. Um, but I love him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Boulder Jr., he hit a Spanish fly from the top turnbuckle for an fall towards the end.
1: The, in the beginning, it just seemed like these guys were trying to outdo one another, but at the end, again, uh, you know, Carbonario was really going for the win, and he was doing everything in his power to to, to uh, put, you know, Volador away. One thing was I saw, and I don't have the specific stats here, but, like, apparently Volador's been holding onto the spell for, like, multiple years now. And I think he's got something something like 17 or 18 title defenses like racked up, Uh, you know, because they don't defend their titles that often. So it's he's got one of the longest reigns in CMLL right now, which is for this title, which he's he's really raised the prestige of the belt quite a bit because of that. So, I mean, that was a big deal, you know, going into this match. Uh, Really, really, really good match.
0: Yeah, it was awesome. I highly recommend um, you haven't watched Fantastica Mania at least go do yourself the favor and watch this match from uh, night
1: two. Uh, the, uh, I guess the finish was pretty much at the end. Um, you know, Carbonario hit him with a huge superplex. He got the two, and then uh, he wasn't able to capitalize. Uh, Volador kicked out, and then uh, they went to the top, and Volador uh, hit him with the Spanish fly for the, for the fall. And that was uh, it. Uh, Did he I thought he hit a Canadian destroyer after that. That's right. It was a Canadian destroyer. You're, yeah. you're, it was a Spanish fly. He kicked out, and then, and then he went.
0: Well, I guess is it a Mexican destroyer
1: then? <laughs> I guess so, man. He um, hit it so fast. Yeah, it was
0: so clean. I was. I felt like I was watching Petey Williams and the X Division in his prime. Yeah, it was a beautiful Canadian destroyer and pick up the win and successful to, uh, title defense to end the twenty-first Fantastica Mania.
1: So, I still, and I'll just say this I thought the first night personally, because of how good the card just overall was, and with the LIJ shenanigans and then the top two title matches, I thought overall that was the best night. But this probably was um, one of the like two or three best matches, if not the best match of the entire tour. And it was, you know, right. This would have fit in um, with any New Japan like match, like be, you know, Best of Super Juniors, or you know, anything we've seen from like Hiromu and like Kushida and like Osprey and all those guys over the yeah. past couple years. I mean, this was the same caliber of level, like title match was awesome, awesome yeah, match, very great match, and that crowd ate it up, man. Yeah, they did. They loved it. They were they were really hot for that match. So I was. Very, very pleased, because that was the match I was looking forward to the most, and they really delivered. Yeah, you hyped it up, and it lived up to the hype, so... Yeah, I'm good when that happens. (laughs) I'm glad when that happens, and when I don't look stupid.
0: (laughs) All right, now on to uh, Fantastica Mania, January 22nd. This was the last night of the Fantastica Mania tour. It opened up with the team of uh Fuego and Taguchi taking on Puma and Disturbio. Once again, Taguchi was wearing the lucky charms gimmick and he also had like a bird thing around his crotch. <laughs> it was really weird. Um, and something else to take a note of, we mentioned last week's on last week's episode that we were kind of down on the whole music issue. Well on, yeah, on They fixed it. Yeah, on night they three They fixed it. They've well, been listening
1: to the podcast. Yeah,
0: well on night two they replaced everything with the Fantastica Mania music. Oh, that got that got so old fast. That got old fast. But here on on this show, they actually dubbed in music.
1: I was wondering about that. I was like, why did they only like do the new music for this sh- like show and the, yeah. the other one that just got I don't know someone in the production truck or it's listening to
0: Keeping It Strong style I was like man these guys are right we need to <laughs> get our act together with the music
1: they didn't fix the first show I, I, I went back and watched the match yeah. but it's still the dead air so it's kind All of right. weird
0: Uh, So, yeah, they fixed that. Uh, Disturbio, I'm I'm guessing he's, like, a big, like, Dragon Ball Z mark. Oh, I was going to mention that. (laughs) He's wearing the Saiyan armor. Yeah, he had
1: the freaking Saiyan armor. But you know what I thought was cool about it was, like, he didn't have, like the Vegeta Saiyan armor or something he had like the same. the Saiyan... Ginyu Force Yeah, like the Ginyu Force like the Jobber he knows he's a, a mid-card guy so he's wearing mid-card armor right he looked <laughs> like uh, I
0: forget now like, It was like the fat green one yeah
1: that's exactly what I thought I was like he's wearing the same armor as I forget it Bulba
0: yeah I think that was his name yeah it's been a while since I watched that um, that saga um, yeah, and then I didn't I w- know you liked Dragon Ball Z. Dude, I love Dragon Ball Z. I'm watching oh. Dragon Ball Super right now, bro. Are you? Yeah. Dude, I did not know that.
1: <laughs> you know that I went and saw... Uh, what was the movie when, when Frieza came back? Like, Oh, uh, wasn't it like Frieza's Revenge or something like that? I went that? and saw in the movie theaters. Oh, wow. That was dope. Yeah, so... yeah, I
0: haven't I- started watching Super yet, but... I'm a nerd, guys. Yeah, I watch professional wrestling. (laughs) How did we never talk about this? So weird. I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, yeah, and they do the fusion. Yeah, there's a fusion
0: spot. Yeah. That's freaking. And the announcers marked out too. They were like, Fusion!
1: Oh man it was awesome oh, So yeah man. this was a, another fun uh, And there was also a Kamehameha spot too <laughs> Yo I saw that And I was like Please nobody Like thank god so few people watch this Cause please god no one shows to Jim Like don't let Jimmy see this like, Cause Jim Cornette is gonna lose his mind If he sees that crap God
0: damn anime wrestlers Shooting the Kamehameha Ruining the business <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! yeah, I was dying laughing when that happened.
1: Yo, this was a really funny match. Uh, Disturbio and Puma just kind of being like the like very charismatic like goofy heels and then Fuego and Taguchi doing every silly spot under the sun. It was a really fun opener. Uh, that spot that you mentioned where uh, Taguchi's been doing the thing where like kind of like how Cien Almas like catches himself in the ropes but he does it with his butt now right so weird (laughs) but then he got he got Kamehameha out of the ring and like sold it like he got killed yeah so stupid but it's so funny it's hilarious uh, I don't even know if I should (laughs) bury it or put it over I don't know what to do I don't want to touch it and even the announcers they put that over too
0: Kamehameha uh, uh, there was also a great moonsault to the outside from Fuego.
1: Fuego's a, like, he's a comedy act, but that guy can really move, too. Yeah. All these guys can. It's crazy. Yeah. How do they work like that? Like, it's nuts. All,
0: all year round. I know. Crazy. And then the finish came here. Uh, Fuego got a quick crucifix for the win.
1: So, another fun Oh, opener. yeah, he hit him with the uh, that wraparound uh, pin. Yeah. Yeah, that. That, usually if someone gets hit with that in, in Mexico, that's a... It's Dunzies. That's a Dunzies, yeah. Yeah. You're done. So, yeah, another fun opener
0: match. It was solid. A lot of comedy, and the crowd really enjoyed it. Uh, the next match, we had Jushin, Thunder Liger, Tiger Mask, Kushida, and Star Jr. taking on the team of Okamura, Shou, Yo, and
1: Rocky Romero. yes. So, this was, uh, you know, kind of everything you'd expect it to be. I, I remember watching this thinking it was really good, but after it was over, I was like, uh, I enjoyed it a lot. It probably wasn't as good as as I enjoyed it to be. Right, and uh, if something, that makes too, sense. to
0: note uh, I don't know if you, I know you were kind of skipping some of the entrances, but did you see Kushida's Time Machine mask?
1: Yeah, yeah, he does that every year. Uh, yeah, I did see that, actually, because I watched more of the entrances this time because they had music. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I did see that. That was pretty funny. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Jushin Thunder Liger coming out with Tiger Mask and Kushida. So kind of like the New Japan like juniors and teaming up with Star Junior. That was pretty cool. Yeah,
0: there was a lot of great uh, chain wrestling in the beginning with, between uh, Kushida and Yo. Um, there was a spot where um, all four of the baby faces uh, were dancing, and they were trying to get Tiger.
1: Oh, yeah, Tiger, then, they, they tried to get Tiger towards with that, yeah. and he did the weird, like, <laughs> like old man, like, I don't know, shuffle, I guess. Right. It. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, but, yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, and then
0: um, Akamura's wife um, got was a, involved in this match quite a bit. Mima? Yeah, Mima. She um, she took a Tilt-A-World backbreaker, and the fans did not like that. They
1: didn't like it. Every time she, like, bumped, because she is kind of like a legend over there still, mm. I mean, she's a heel, but, like, they love her. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, like, uh, Tiger Master's getting some heat out there.
0: Yeah, uh, and uh, Kushida suplexed her.
1: Yeah, Kushida got heat, too. Yeah, I forgot
0: Yeah, And even Kushida, like, covered his head. He was like, oh, like, kind of like, I'm sorry, guys, but she, she was... She deserved it. Right. She was asking for it. <laughs> uh, Liger, he did a cannonball from the apron. That was pretty
1: cool. It's crazy that Liger can still go the way he can, man. Like it's just nuts it's every time we see him like you know it shouldn't be so surprising but I mean this dude's in his 50s and there's very few guys in the world I mean the only guy I can think of off the top of my head is like maybe Negro Casas I can't think of anybody else that's still going like that right That's crazy
0: and then uh, coming on to the end of the match uh, Akamura hits his uh, reverse DDT reverse DDT thing on Star Jr. and gets the win here uh, who hit that? Uh Akamura.
1: Oh Akamura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Akamura with the uh the uh Scorpion Death Drop pretty much. Yeah. I guess that's his finish cuz that's what he finished uh, Fuego with the first night too. Right. And he does it. he
0: he picks him up like in a scoop slam first and then he drops him and drops him down. Yeah, it's
1: pretty vicious looking actually. It's a pretty believable finish. Akamura is a uh, an older guy too who can really go. Yeah, I mean, he I was surprised. I like his gear too. I don't yeah. know. It kinda of reminds me of Cody's gear.
0: Yeah, and he yeah <laughs> the pattern and he has like all kinda of like the different like uh flags on it.
1: Yeah, I mean there's some people that kinda of thought this was disconjointed, but I thought it was perfectly what it needed to be. It was really fun and you know, it, every everybody got their stuff in. It was a good you know, another good match. Yeah. Then next up,
0: we had um, the Losers Bracket match in the Hermanos Tournament. And uh, some. I really like they did this Losers Bracket because, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, I wrestled in high school, and a lot of times when we did um, tournaments, they were always uh, double elimination so you could you could lose one match and still wind up getting third. There was a losers bracket, uh, so I thought that was pretty cool that they did a losers bracket here.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know this was kind of playing off the fact that uh, uh, I don't. It wasn't Niebla Roja, but I think didn't Angel de Oro, He wrestled. Uh, Who did he wrestle the first night? Was it Cuartero? Yeah, I, I think it was Quartero. Okay, yeah. So I mean, another another plan, a title match that we saw during this. Uh, you know, tournament, but um,
0: yeah. So it was Anhel de Oro and Niebla Roja against Cuartero and Sansón.
1: Yeah, and this was you know actually of all the tag matches, I thought this was probably the worst one. Yeah, um, but it was still pretty decent for what it was. They didn't get much
0: time. They got uh, nine minutes and thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, they tried to go very fast paced probably because they had such a short time. But they went
1: a fast pace. It was very hard hitting too. Yeah, they were they were throwing some really hard strikes in this. I remember there being one point where they were trading uh, blows, and I was like, this could be a gif right here. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, strong style. Yeah, <laughs> um, there
0: was a assisted dive. Um, Orho, Orho jumped off of Roja's back. That was cool. Yeah, yeah, and
1: then he ran across the other end and did a flip, did
0: dive. His flip dive. Yeah, there was a great uh, double submission spot. Um, and. Quartero and Sanson ended up getting the win here
1: yeah so apparently Angel de Oro and Niebla Roja even though they're both champions they are the worst of all the brother tag teams right <laughs> so uh, they didn't get a single win during S- this tournament Sanson did this cool uh,
0: top rope uh, spinning rack bomb thing to get the
1: win oh that was awesome yeah yeah, that, that move was awesome. I, I actually was like kind of worried. I was like, these guys are freaking insane, some of the stuff that Yeah, I had no idea what he was going to
0: do, and then I didn't he, he hit it off. It's almost, um, AJ Styles does that move
1: sometimes, but like on the ground. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's almost kind of similar to what Cena does a little bit. Yeah. When he sets guys up for the five-knuckle knuckle shuffle, but like off the top rope. Which is a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everything off the top rope is a lot better. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Okay match. And then we got the Coato farewell match. So yeah. we all know he's going on an excursion and Coato and Atlantis teamed up uh, to take on Gato and Barbaro Cabernario. I think we talked about the potential that this match could kinda be like a n- not a non like a dud. And I kind of think it did live up to that moniker. I didn't think much of it, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, it you. was okay. There were lots of signs in the crowd for Kawato.
0: Um They tried to get heat by taking off Atlantis' mask.
1: That's a big deal. That's a big deal in Mexico. Like, he's the oldest active competitor with his mask still going, and he's won more. Uh, mask for his hair. Just, yeah, bet matches than anybody else there. At this point, if you get. It, whoever does win his mask, I think we talked about this before, it's going to be like beating the Undertaker streak, essentially. So, taking his mask off, that's some really heelish crap right there.
0: Yeah, and there was. A, they brawled on the outside for a while. There was a nice flip dive from Kawhi. And um, Barbaro, he uh, ended up submitting Coato with his uh, signature hole
1: La Cavernaria Yeah. Yeah. He tapped out Coato the young boy.
0: Yeah. This was another short match, nine minutes and fourteen seconds.
1: It was, you know, it was pretty good. Uh, Coato tried to uh, fire up, and he tried to do all the. He got all the big spots that we've seen him doing, you know, in the uh, what was the, the Young Lions. The Cup. Young Lions Cup. I felt like he did a little bit more. Yeah, he did some cool stuff. He did that uh, that outside flip, that flip plancha which yeah. to the outside, which I never really see him do that. That was really cool. Um, he he got some cool stuff in, but you know, ultimately, I didn't think too much. I thought I was really disappointed. I thought Atlantis was pretty bad, actually, on literally every match of this whole tour.
0: Yeah, I mean, he just—I don't know if he's has nagging injuries or just the he's, fact that he's old.
1: He's old. Yeah, anyone yeah. who's seen him right now, they're not—you know—they're not seeing him at his best. I mean, this is. You know, it'd be like trying to show show someone The Undertaker right now. Right, yeah. (laughs) It's very similar.
0: Then uh, next up, we had uh, Drone, Sobonero Jr., Voldor Jr., taking on Bushi, Takahashi, and Naito.
1: This was good. Uh, Yeah, this was really good. I mean, I... Would be surprised to say it was not considering all the talent that was in this match Um, I thought it was really cool to see you know Naito uh, tearing it up with all the juniors right and of course uh, the beginning LIJ jumped them at the start Uh,
0: something I noted I said Naito is full um, Ingram Bernabalos mode here he's the ungovernable Naito that we
1: come to love and know I heard some people trying to say like you know that uh, we haven't we're not covering the new sh- you know the new beginning shows yet I heard some people saying that you know they maybe he didn't get the crowd reactions that they're used to but I didn't see it I mean granted they were in Corkin right but I didn't see any of that on these and um during I, this tour I watched the first
0: new beginning show. And during the Naito match, I heard a reaction, so I'm not quite sure what people are talking about. People
1: are saying he's damaged because he lost to Okada. I'm not seeing that at all. I'm I'm not seeing it.
0: Um, We have some news later on Naito that will prove that he's not damaged. Um, And he's just reverting back to the LIJ Naito here. He's putting back the Stardust Genius. As we mentioned, that's kind of been his struggle between being L.I.J. Naito and Star Genius Naito. And, and, um,
1: I liked the... There was the one spot in this match with Bushi and Drone where they just kept chopping each yes. other. That was freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, there was also a chop battle between
0: Takahashi and Soberano. Um Soberano was running wild in this match He did his uh, spin dive
1: Soberano's was running wild brother
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, There was a beautiful Lion salt 2 from Soberano um,
1: There's just so, mu- so many like high spots In this stuff like- Yeah man this is crazy (laughs) it's crazy how much stuff they do like uh, it's nuts
0: and once again um, I always keep making notes of this LIJ just works so well together it doesn't matter which combination you put whether it's two of them three of them all five of them with Rouge. they are so smooth and work in tandem
1: I I thought it was interesting to take note that Sonata and Evil were nowhere to be seen on this tour because they were overseas but it really didn't even feel like they were missing because how cohesive the four of these guys all were together all three nights, you know? Right. And so, yeah, I mean, it felt like L.I.J. was, you know, in full effect. I mean, this was, uh, for these three shows, it was L.I.J. show, all, you know, all tour, basically. These guys were just ruling the roost, you know what I mean? Right. And then uh,
0: towards the end of the match... Bushi was working over Drone he hit a low blow and a backslide and LIJ stole the win here
1: I thought that was a good finish uh, you know good way for them to get the cheap heel win and uh, you know they, they obviously Drone being the lowest guy on that cart or you know on that team essentially in terms of stature made sense you know and it was a good win for Bushi yeah so. and then um, we had
0: the semi main event Roosh versus uh, Satoshi Kojima. They've been building Smash the whole tour. What do you think about this match, Josh?
1: I was more excited for it than it actually ended up being. I thought they built really well to it. And the brawling, like in the beginning, I thought, I don't know, it just kind of. It ended up being good, but it it took a while to kind of get there. Yeah, it could
0: have been better. Rushu, he was choking out Kojima. Rushu was awesome. Yeah, choked out Kojima with the cable chair shot to the
1: head. Oh, that chair, sh- that chair shot uh, split him open hard way on the back of his head. I don't know yeah. if you noticed. Yeah, I saw that. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, I wish I kind of like the the old school lover in me. I love chair shots, but then there's the part of me that's like, I don't know if someone should be getting hit in the head that freaking hard, hard like, right. even if it's plastic. Like, obviously, look what happened. This dude got busted open. Um, um also um Rush it did the
0: machine gun chops to Kojima. Yeah. The, Kojima turned it around returned the favor. I love the way Rush a Rush sells Kojima's uh, machine gun chops.
1: Oh, you know what one thing I forgot to mention was in the the night before. I think it, I don't know if it was Kojima or who it was but uh guys kept trying to run into the corner and they uh, it might have been I think it was Kojima but maybe it wasn't. They kept uh making them miss and hit uh, Mima. Yeah. yeah, That was really funny. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, right. But, yeah, so this match, was, this match was really, you know, it ended up being pretty good. Um, I feel like Rush, I don't know what it is, but, like, last year he destroyed Atlantis all tour and then killed him at the end with a chair, and, like, he did the same thing to Kojima. He might have this new, like, legend killer gimmick where he just shows up in Japan for, like, <laughs> for fantastic mania just to like kill k- yeah kill your favorite wrestler put, like <laughs> put him out back like all yeller <laughs> so yeah i mean he he kind of destroyed kojima in this yeah, match he to did. be honest like um, it it was kind of sad uh, didn't kojima go for the larry at one point and something happened i can't remember yeah
0: well uh one point kojima hit the koji cutter and a brainbuster for a near fall um kojima's knee at some point he hurt his knee in this match Um, It really kind of hindered the match because he couldn't move as well. Um, And then Roosh ended up hitting him with
1: the Roosh uh, driver, which is a double underhook pile driver. And, yo, that move is devastating. I mean, that's one of those moves, like, you're kind of surprised guys are still using it or or hitting it. And he looks so safe when he does it, but I'm still terrified every time I see someone take it. And then um,
0: after the match, we had um, Bushi, Naito, and Takahashi. Yeah, they came
1: out for the Lij Love Fest. Yeah, those guys. Uh, yeah, Roosh is like their cool cousin from like out of town who like comes in and takes him out to party with the big kids and like buys them beer. Like, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's like home from college. Like. And he, he lets these like these young little LIJ, LIJ guys like party with him, you know what I mean? Right. But um nah, it was it was just they they're they're such a cool faction. Like I know we always like talk crap about like quote unquote cool heels. But they are. They're cool heels. Right. And uh but they're real heels all at the same time. Like they're heels. Yeah.
0: Like, they, there's no getting you around saw through this tour the way they were beating up Milano. They get heat, man. <laughs> yeah, so they were getting heat. Nice little celebration here. Then it was the main event of the night. And just saying Uh, once again, I want to see Roosh back in New Japan. Oh, yeah. I want to see him in the G1.
1: I would love to see Roosh in the G1. Like, I don't care if, like, someone well-deserving gets knocked out. (laughs)
0: Like...
1: Well, well, some, in Kujima, like I was mentioning his knee here. He actually ended up tearing his ACL, I believe. Yeah. So we we were going to talk about that. We got a lot of news, you know, coming up, but that is something worth mentioning. So Kujima has, you know, ruptured his ACL or his left ACL, so he's out for a while. Like that's a very serious injury for especially
0: for somebody at his age, right? Um, so. Most likely he will not be in G1
1: this year. Well, you know, last year they did the storyline where it was Nagata's last G1 run. The year before that, uh, Kojima was supposed to be in the G1 and he gave up his spot for Tenzan and it was Tenzan's last G1 run. So following that kind of like Pattern. pattern, you would assume that with the New Japan dads that this may have potentially been... Kojima's last G1 run but I'm wondering now like with this happening are we even going to see him in another G1 and the interesting thing about the G1 and why it is so important you know you hear a lot of guys um, who don't follow New Japan they wonder why certain guys don't get singles pushes or yada yada they don't realize like the majority of the matches throughout the year are going to take place in tag matches so when they get that singles push it usually does happen during the G1 exactly this is when you're going to see the most singles matches of the entire year and so for a guy a legendary wrestler like Kojima who's got such a storied past in New Japan and then all, all just wrestling in general in Japan um, to see him kind of miss out on that tournament this year it's kind of disappointing i suppose we don't know for sure i mean we'll we'll get more coverage once we hear more but I don't—I can't assume—I can't believe that he would be back for the G1 this year.
0: Yeah. Well, so, well wishes out to Kojima. I'm a big Kojima mark, and uh, hope he gets well soon, and we can see a little bit more from him before he retires.
1: You know, it's funny, guys. I uh, was talking with Jeremy the other day, and I was like, I don't understand why you like Kojima so much. Not that I don't like Kojima, because I do— But I thought that Jeremy, like, just started seeing, like, old Kojima was just, like, a mark for him from, like... And I was, like, I didn't know that, like, you'd been watching him, like, for a while.
0: Yeah, and um, I was first exposed to Kojima um, during the first launch of MLW, which was in the early 2000s, kind of popped up after ECW went down. And uh, they did a lot of shows in Florida, and they came on at, like, midnight on a random channel. And uh, Kojima was one of their top stars, and he was wrestling guys like uh, Steve Carino and C.W. Anderson. And that was my first exposure to him, and I thought he was awesome then, and I tried to keep up with him ever since then. See,
1: I knew you didn't watch, like, mid-2000s All Japan, so I was like, <laughs> I was like, you can see this guy in his prime. How? Why do you like Kojima so much? I didn't know, like, yeah. oh, you've been watching for a while now. Yeah, so... So yeah, uh, all the well wishes to Kojima. Uh, I don't know when it ha- when that knee injury happened in that match. It was a kind of violent match, but right. Uh, I don't. It seemed like this just happened in the
0: middle of the match. I don't know if just it just, just I don't ruptured know ruptured in the middle of the match somehow. But yeah.
1: I mean, the fact that he he finished that match with that sort of injury is a testament to how tough that guy is. Yeah.
0: I mean, crazy. So uh, on to the main event. It was the finals of their uh, CMLL Hermanos uh, tag team tournament. Ultimo and Gran Guerrero taking on Dragon Lee and Mystico.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, this was the finals that we kind of predicted was was most likely to happen, and it made the most sense, because you have two of the top up-and-coming... Well, I mean, I don't even want to say up-and-coming because they're up there, but, you know... Yeah, they're pretty much established. They're established, but, I mean, they're, you know, two of the... Younger stars who are, you know, the top baby faces going against two of the top established heels, you know, and all big draws there in Mexico. So, I mean, yeah, and in in Japan. So, yeah, both of these teams are over huge. Yeah, so it made a lot of sense that this is going to be the finish. And, you know, Jeremy, run
0: us down. Um, Something here I had in my notes I wrote, Mystico is freaking awesome. (laughs) Yeah. there was a lot of great spots from both teams in this match. This match was very fast paced. Uh, the Guerreros, they worked really well together and had a lot of great uh, teamwork in this match. Oh, there was an insane um, dive Rana spot yeah. from the crowd, which I marked out for. Um, see what oh yeah there was a uh, chop battle between uh dragon lee and uh grand guerrero which was pretty intense uh top there was a top rope over the dive rana spot from dragon lee mystico
1: and uh dragon lee when they did the double plancha to the outside
0: yeah double flips yeah i have that double flips in stereo there was top rope rana's top rope power
1: bomb uh grand guerrero did a flip uh, move to the outside. There was like a lot of reversals too. A lot of times where you thought one, like someone was gonna get something, they would reverse it into a rana, or reverse it into a power bomb. So there's a lot of like guys getting cut off and stopped right. and that sort of thing. Just really awesome momentum uh, shifts throughout the match. Yeah, there was a uh, standing uh, catching Spanish fly um, from Dragon Lee, and a, a lot of the uh, near falls were very believable. There's a lot of times where they kind of popped me because I kept thinking that this was going to be the finish. Oh, that's going to be the finish. And it seemed like they were just kicking out of everything, just showing, you know, how hungry the both these teams were to be named, like, the Best Brothers tag team. <laughs> right, yeah. And then uh, coming on to the end of the match,
0: um, Ultimo Guerrero, he did a uh, top rope reverse suplex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Guerrero special on Mystico. And Ultimo and Gran Guerrero win in 18 minutes and 40 seconds. They are the best
1: brother tag team in CMLL. And they beat him clean. Yeah. Yeah, really, really, really good match. That was the match of the night. Um, I didn't necessarily think it was as good as the Volador-Barbero-Cabinario match or the top two uh You know, the top two title matches from the first night, but right up there with those matches. I mean, all around like a fantastic finish to a really awesome tour once again. And yeah,
0: this was really, really good. Yeah, so highly recommend that you check out some of these top matches that we highlighted here from CMLL's Fantastica Mania. Um, great show. Looking forward to watching more CMLL and hoping some of these guys come back for Best of the Super Juniors and the G1.
1: So, and then
0: afterwards, they did a send-off for Kawato. So, let's talk about that. Yeah, so, um, obviously, we don't really have the translation of what the promos were, <laughs> were, but pretty much it was a send-off. They gave Kawato the mic, um, assuming he was saying, you know, goodbye and that he was... He's going to do his best in CMLL, and um, actually, he's making his um, debut, you're listening to this on Tuesday, uh, January 30th, he's making his debut today.
1: Yeah, on the 30th, so he's going to be wrestling at Arena Mexico, uh, the matches uh, Fuego, uh, Triton, and... Aduez, whoever that is. Uh, take It's a six-man tag taking on Raziel, uh, Cancerbero. I don't even know how to announce his, <laughs> his, his name, and, and Coato. And the interesting thing here is Coato is working heel in this match. Right. And he's making his official CMLL debut, you know, in Mexico. So, um, yeah, they got him working heel. That's yep. very interesting. I always,
0: I thought, you know, Kawada, he was pushing the baby face in New Japan. I, I would
1: think that he would they would keep him as a baby face. Um, I mean, I think it's great. Uh, I don't know if like this is going to be a, a forever established character. I mean, a lot of guys do, you know, from Japan do tend to go over there and work other, you know, personas, learn how to work both sides, which is, you know, great. Plus, you know, you always hear the old adage: it's always it's easier to work heel. Yeah, so that might be that might play into it, but um, I mean it's exciting to see what's gonna happen with you know Kowato in CMLL and what he's gonna learn and how he's gonna progress as a performer going going down there, you know? Right.
0: All right, so let's uh, keep on going. We well, have a lot more news to cover. Well, I
1: want to talk about Kowato. <clears throat> All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you know, there have been a lot of like speculations about you know. What basically what's going to happen with Quado and I feel like this is a, a good time to kind of talk about it because, obviously, um, he is leaving, um, you know. Right, right. There's been a lot of rumblings on
0: whether when he comes back if he would take on, like, a Liger, a new Liger persona, whether that be, like, a Liger 2 or, like, a Super Liger kind of gimmick.
1: I think that part of the reason why is because in the past, there have been people like, for instance, Mizawa uh, or Koji Kanemoto, who have worked under the like the Tiger Mask um, gimmick and kind of established themselves that way, and then eventually taken off the mask. Whereas, you know, n- in modern times, ti- the new Tiger Mask, Tiger Mask Four, he's never taken the mask off, so he's kind of just uh, established his whole, you know, c- uh, character and career under that that gimmick. But people see the potential in Kawato so much so that I think that they do assume that maybe he could be... one. I think when they... It's high praise because when we think of a guy like, uh, you know, Kiji Yamada, who is Jushin Thunder Liger, who's worked his whole entire career under that gimmick, the fact that they think that I think people have wondered who could possibly ever replace him. You know what I mean? Right. Or who could ever truly don the, uh, you know, the tiger mask gimmick again and, you know, live up to, like, the standards of, like, uh, you know, uh, Satoru Sayama. And this is a guy that I think the fans see where maybe he could be that. Right.
0: And um, it'd be very interesting. I mean, it's also a potential. Maybe he could be another, another tiger mask.
1: I hear, I've heard both sides of the story where there's people who are like, I don't want to see him come back under a mask. Um, you, you hear a lot of people talk about how great this dude's facial expressions are. You know what I mean? Right, he's great at selling. Yeah, he's an awesome seller, and he's a great storyteller. One thing, though, if you ever watch a match with a lot of these uh, luchadors who work under the mask, what they learn how to do... Uh, talking about a guy like Fuego for instance or like Liger they know how to tell the story using body language right not all wrestlers know how to do that and it's something where if someone who's worked under a mask like for instance like a Hiromu Takahashi he knows how to do it There, we always talk about the swag and how he's got this this it I think it comes from the fact that he worked as Kamatachi for so long under the mask before he did demask you know what I mean Right. so I wouldn't be surprised if they did put him under a mask at least at some point when he's in Mexico Now if he comes back And he dons a new gimmick that way I mean, I don't know Right, and there's also a possibility Maybe he even joins
0: LIJ Maybe he joins LI in CMLL And then comes back and joins
1: LIJ in Japan Maybe I'm wondering how long he's going to be gone To right. be honest I mean, this he's very young Right, I mean, he could be there for He could be there for a A couple while. Of years I know Takahashi was there for a while you know um that kind of brings up the point you know of all the different excursion points that and partnerships that new japan has n- almost none have been as successful as cmll's partnership with them i mean you just look at the list of guys that have spent time down there and really established their character you got uh tanahashi has spent time down there nakamura naito yoshihashi taguchi Tamatanga, Yujiro, Gato, Jado, Y2J's been there even though he wasn't with New Japan, Goto, Hiromu Takahashi, Liger, Bushi. And the list goes on and on, show and yo. So, I mean, that's a pretty extensive list of guys who've gone there. And I mean, I don't know a single person on that list that I would sit back and say, can't
0: work or, you know. Right. I mean, all those are top guys, top workers. Um, so, I mean, I'm expecting great things that come of this excursion for Kawato. Um, you know, I'm expecting him to be there for a while. And, um, and when he comes back, he's going to be a superstar.
1: I mean, they see him, you know, we've talked about before. They, they say he's the ace of the uh, young boys. He's like the senpai. And he has the most, like, responsibilities as far as, like, leading the class. And so I think they're putting a lot of faith and a lot of trust in him right now. And I don't know what plans they do or don't have for him. I think at this point, anyone who talks about it is just speculating. But the fact that there are so many people speculating about what he can and can't do or will or won't be just goes to show you like how much hype there is behind what he's going to do while he's away and the anticipation for when he does come back. And, I mean, with his size he very well could be that guy that takes the mantle from Kushida as being like the crown jewel of the junior division when he comes back right
0: I mean that could be a great opportunity to uh, move Kushida to heavyweight and let Kawato run with the junior division
1: yeah so I mean we're very excited Um, you know I am going to be you know I'm a little disappointed it's bittersweet because we're not going to be able to get to see Kawato quite as often but when he does come back I'm sure we're going to see him you know really showcase New Japan and I'm excited for that for sure yeah all right, so let's talk about uh,
0: Long Beach, Josh. Uh, so New Japan is coming back to Long Beach. we mentioned this March 25th at the Long Beach um, at the Walter Pyramid. Um, tickets went on sale today and sold out in 20 minutes
1: so we we're not going then huh
0: get, yeah I guess not
1: <laughs> unless we want to buy those tickets on crazy markup like, yeah I'm sure I don't even know you think like the, the people that are buying them out that quick you think that they're fans who are going for sure or you think it's like I would say ticket scalpers
0: I would say majority are probably fans who are going and then I'm sure there's going to be ticket scalpers in there um, I need to follow up I have a buddy that lives in California shout out Cam Evans um I didn't know Cam lived in... Yeah, yeah, he lives in uh, California now. Uh, we went to college together, but he's out there in California. He goes to PWG all the time. Huh. Um And I knew that he was looking to get these tickets, so I need to follow up with him see if he got the tickets. Uh, maybe he can be our correspondent uh, for that show. Hmm. And uh, something uh, interesting about um, the Strong Style Evolved show here, it's not going to be airing live on New Japan World if you are from the U.S.
1: Yeah, I saw that.
0: Yeah, it will air live in Japan and Canada and the rest of the world, so... That seems like it's going to... That means it's going to air live on Access TV again like it did last year when they were in Long Beach.
1: Well, they talked about that. Mark Cuban did where he said that they were paying to do more live shows and that sort of thing. So, I'm assuming at this point that 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 must be... This must be what he must have been talking about. Right. And so, I mean, the show will
0: be available for U.S. subscribers after it's aired live. Um, But... Um, stay stay tuned. They haven't given all the details for that yet.
1: I mean, I think that's somewhat exciting for the you know um, that they're going to air this show live on Access is a really big deal. Again, um, I know I got to see the show live last time on Access. Uh, I think I might have watched it with Rich actually. I can't remember, but yeah, I watched it on Access, which is really cool. But then now I'm in a position where I don't have access right now. So that does kind of maybe limit how many people can watch it. Right, and
0: especially after uh, Wrestle Kingdom, we've had this surge of new New Japan world subscribers you think this would be another great show for all those new subscribers to check out.
1: Well, I mean, you know, we're going to go over the numbers here in a little bit, but if anything, you know, that we've seen recently, like, the numbers are just going up on both access viewing as well as New Japan subscri- subscriptions. So, I mean, if someone can't see it live, I'm, I am have very little doubt that they're not going to tune in, like, the next day and watch it on uh, delay. You know what I mean? If right. they can, but that that is a huge incentive for people who don't have access to to maybe, like, try to find a way to get it, or if you do have access to tune in, because uh, that's going to be destination viewing. Like, right. you know, right now we don't know the full card, but, I mean, the big-named match that's being rumored is Chris Jericho and Naito. And, I mean, that's that's a huge match. Yeah, that's
0: a huge match. You know, Josh, one thing I want to know is what they're going to do with the commentary here. <laughs> Uh, for You know what they're going to do. Well, for the Access Long Beach shows <laughs> last year, they had JR and Josh Barnett.
1: That's what they're going to do.
0: But if they're putting this on New Japan World, I'm wondering if they run a separate feed with Kelly and Cyrus, and then on the replay, have used Kelly and Cyrus. Did they, did they do that last time for the G1 special? I don't think they did. I think they just ran the JR and Josh Barnett, but... Hey, I love JR. I'm an Attitude Era kid. I grew up in that during the Attitude Era. JR is, you know, one of the best commentary, commentators of all time. But when it comes to New Japan, I personally prefer. Um, uh, Kevin Kelly and Cyrus
1: Hey I think it's been well documented uh, The struggles and Issues that they had during the live Commentary of the Long Beach show Last year many people With both Josh Barnett and Jim Ross But Jim Ross especially There was many gripes and complaints I mean it was something that The New Japan community And fan base had a lot of Misgivings and uh, You know I don't know qualms, you know, to kind of state uh, regarding that. So I mean, it was something that a lot of people had problems with for sure. Yeah.
0: Um. So speaking of you know, Access TV, the January sixth episode of New Japan on Access TV was the most watched episode of the show in history.
1: What what what? Uh, which show was that? That was uh, for that Kenny was, and Y two J. That was a show. The three hour. Special. Oh, just the special. Yeah. Okay, gotcha.
0: And so the old record would have been the uh, July 1st live show from Long Beach. So the Wrestle Kingdom special beat
1: out the Long Beach special. That's that's amazing. I mean, yeah, because that was their most watched show up until that point was the Long Beach special. So basically what you're saying is that even though, granted, I understand it was, you know, on tape delay I mean it was only a three day delay but still essentially that wasn't live viewing that was a tape delayed show beating something that was live just the year prior
0: I think even though there was a huge spike in uh, New Japan world subscribers you still had a large fan base who weren't sure they wanted to get another subscription service and so they had access they're like I'm just gonna wait and watch it on access I know um uh doc chad matthews shout out to the doc i know he's one of those guys who watched the access special
1: i know caleb matthews was another one yeah yes i mean several of our friends and colleagues and acquaintances and people like that kind of had that same you know thought process so yeah absolutely yeah so moving on that's that's a big that's a big deal though yeah um just that that many we don't have the official numbers yet but that that ma- I know that they did good numbers for the Long Beach show so that that many people tuned in for a tape delayed Wrestle Kingdom viewing it is awesome
0: right so just imagine what the live Strong Style Evolved show
1: could possibly do with with Y2J live they'll they'll break that number yeah against Naito they'll break that number yeah no no doubt in my mind you know what this would be a good time for because we didn't do it Because we've only got one day left anyways Is the t-shirt spot
0: Yes so guys There's only One day left to enter In the Social Suplex Podcast Network t-shirt giveaway We want to give you guys A wrestling t-shirt and here's how it works Go to The Social Suplex Podcast Network On Apple Podcasts Or Stitcher Leave a rating and review Once you submitted that review, take a screenshot of it and email it to me, jeremy at socialsuplex.com. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y at socialsuplex.com. Or you can uh, DM it to me on Facebook or Twitter if you follow me there. So send me the review so I can see that you've um, submitted it And then you'll be entered into a drawing to win a wrestling t-shirt of your choice It can be from WWE Shop, um, Ring of Honor, Pro Wrestling Tees, whatever shirt you want Um, There's the hot new um, Braun Strowman Get These hand shirt There's a Rusev Day shirt a new Matt Hardy delete shirt there's a lot of new Kenny Omega shirts so whatever shirt you want if you win you know, send me your um, contact information and we will send you out the shirt so help us get over and we will help you get a wrestling t-shirt And there have been a lot of um, ratings and reviews coming in for that
1: yeah so guys we want to buy you stuff leave us a review we're willing to pay you For the review.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. What else you got, Josh?
1: So there's quite a bit uh, in news that's gone on. You know, I kind of thought that uh, between the last couple shows we did that not much was really going on, but as... You know the week, the past weeks poured in. There's been a lot of news, so we're just gonna kind of uh, you know skim over a lot of this. Um, we meant we made mention earlier a uh, couple episodes back that uh, you know Tetsuya Naito is coming to the U.S. in February, so this is just a few weeks away. He's gonna be doing a three night tour on the 16th, the 17th, and 18th. He's gonna be wrestling in uh, Dayton. Ohio for the Wrestling Revolver promotion Uh, They've announced uh, All the different opponents now So he's going to be taking on Michael Elgin the first night um, Which I love The name of this show, it's called Naito Takes Dayton (laughs) (laughs) Nice, Freaking awesome Uh, And then the next night he's going to Chicago, Illinois To wrestle for AAW And he will be taking on Sammy Callahan So these are two guys that You know, not super unfamiliar With, they've both been in New Japan uh, both, you know, big names on the indie scene, and then, and obviously, him and Elgin had that five-star match last year at New Beginning, and you know, the great matches they had the year before that in 2016, and then on the final night, for the first time ever, he's taking on Ar Fox for Glory Pro in St. Louis, Missouri. So he's going to be all over, you know, that that section of the U.S. But the interesting thing here is every single one of these shows is completely sold out.
0: Right, so for those saying, you know, Naito is not a draw anymore, and um, he's been hurt from the Wrestle Kingdom loss, he just sold out uh, three shows in the U.S.
1: Yeah, and these are pretty big venues that they're running. I mean, they're not like super arenas or anything like that, but I mean, like, they sold out like almost immediately once they release the tickets for these these cards and i mean if you follow indie wrestling i mean we go to a lot of indie sh- shows i can't think of any that i've gone to that have been sold out for anything you know top guys will be there matt riddle things like that and yeah they're not sold out and naito coming over from overseas now granted you know this isn't japan and granted these all have you know they probably did sell out before Wrestle Kingdom, but even still, I mean, this guy is one of the hottest commodities in wrestling today, and he's still that way in Japan. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him winning MVP for a third year in a row this year. Just Uh, to be honest, yeah, definitely. So, Red Pro High Stakes just happened. Um, We, you know, we kind of talked about that. Um, Suzuki Gun was taking uh, Suzuki Goon, which is the team of. Minoru Suzuki and uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Jr. were taking on Mustache Mountain. So we got a WWF versus New Japan match there, which is pretty awesome. Um, I haven't seen the match yet, but I've read nothing but glowing reviews. Yeah,
0: same here. I haven't had a chance to watch the match, but yeah, I've been hearing great things about it.
1: Uh, many of the ratings I'm seeing are around the four and a half star mark. So that's very high. They said it's going to be one of the best tag team matches you're going to see this year. And uh, suzuki Goon actually dethroned Mustache Mountain and took the Rev Pro... British Tag Team Champions, uh, Championship, so that's pretty awesome. LIJ also competed that evening, and that match, the match that they were in from uh, Repro High Stakes, is actually on New Japan uh, World right now, so you can watch that. Um, and Osprey also won that night as well, and he competed against Mandrews of uh, TNA fame and... You know, Cruiserweight
0: Classic. Part of the Cruiserweight Classic. Uh, excuse me, he wasn't in the Cruiserweight Classic. He was in the, the UK tournament, the my UK, bad. Yeah. yeah, the
1: UK tournament. I made the same mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's uh, some big news coming out of um, out of the Rep Pro High Stake show. And all around, it seemed like that was a great show. So it's one that I'm looking forward to catching. Um, in March, we have a... Rare US uh, appearance of Jushin Thunder Liger. He's going to be wrestling, I believe, in San Francisco, but definitely in California for Pro Wrestling Revolution. So, you know, Liger's making an appearance in March. Who knows if he'll be doing any other dates, but that's pretty exciting. We just had Muda, you know, at PCW and, you know, we've and that sort of thing. So, I mean, it's a cool time here in the US, especially it seems like out there in SoCal where you know a lot of these New Japan guys are making it right years. well it's, it's not it's not too
0: bad of a flight from California to Japan and vice versa so that's definitely an easy travel for the. I mean, I mean I was, relatively speaking. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's way different if they were coming. I've,
1: I've made that flight. It's like sixteen hours. So. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's not like they're. I mean, it's worse. If they're flying here to like Tampa, Florida. You know, <laughs> it'd be an even longer flight. But California's
1: not too bad, and you know, there's a lot of hot promotions there. So uh, let's talk about the all-in, uh, you know, event that has been announced. We keep bringing coverage. It seems like little by little, the news is leaking here and there. So recently on an episode of being the elite, um, they did a kind of a funny spot where all the guys came out wearing different jerseys of different sports teams, alluding to the idea of what the official site for this is going to be. And so we've got New York as being one of the teased places that they might do this show in uh, L.A., being another one Chicago and then Cleveland and so those must be the, like from what they're saying and what they're like supposing those are the four main um, sites you know and those are all big you know hubs where we've talked about like in order for this show to draw the way that they think it's going to draw or want it to draw in, to be the success needs to be has to be in a metropolitan area similar to these types of um, areas so I mean that's pretty big but the cool thing is there uh, Cody was recently on social media like on Twitter and he mentioned someone had said it would be cool to do a convention he said that they're thinking about doing a multi-day fan convention kind of like WrestleCon dude
0: that would be awesome so
1: Josh if this show
0: ends up being on the east coast
1: are we going to be all in are we going to I don't know (laughs) it's in September yeah I don't know. We might, I mean, I can I can get out to Chicago or Cleveland or New York. That's no problem for yeah, me. Yeah. It sounds like we're going to be all in if it's on, <laughs> on, the, on, on the East Coast. It really just depends. Like, are we going to get Neville or are we not getting Neville? Like, That's what I need to know. Are we getting Daniel Bryan or are we not?
0: Well, if, if Neville can get his contract unfrozen and get it to run out in time.
1: Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> Um, So we we have another show uh, Coming up pretty soon The annual Honor Rising event From Ring of Honor in New Japan That's going to be taking place February 23rd and 24th And I don't know if they've done this in the past But they did announce that they're going to be having English commentary
0: Yeah um, I'm not sure if they had English commentary The last Honor Rising tour they did But um, definitely looking forward to having that
1: yeah, so I mean, that's that's big news. Obviously, if you've already caught New Beginning this past weekend, you realize that they do have English commentary as well. Um, but yeah, all those shows have English commentary for the big ones. I don't, they're, they're, are they going to be having a Road to New Beginning show here in the next few weeks?
0: Yes, there is. There's going to be a, um, a Road to. I actually have the New Japan World schedule through uh, April 1st. So on uh, February 5th and February 6th from Corrigan Hall, you're going to have the Road to New Beginning shows in Osaka starting at 4.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And then you will have uh, the New Beginning in Osaka on February 10th at 3 a.m. Like you mentioned, the two joint Ring of Honor shows, Honor Rising, those are February 23rd and 24th at Corrigan Hall, also starting at 4.30 a.m. Live. All five of these February shows will have uh, English commentary. The 46th anniversary show is happening March 6th at Ottawa Ward Gym in Tokyo, starting at 5 a.m. The first day of the New Japan Cup tournament is going to be uh, March 9th at Corrigan Hall, 4.30 a.m. Man, oh God. <laughs> second day of New Japan Cup is going to be uh, March 10th in Nagoya, 4.30 a.m. Uh, the other New Japan Cup tournament shows are March 15th and 16th at Corrigan Hall, both starting at uh, 5.30 a.m. Uh, There's another New Japan Cup show on March 18th at 2 a.m. And then the New Japan Cup Championship match will be uh, March 21st in Nagoya at 2 a.m. The only March show with English commentary will be the March 21st show, the Championship Cup, which is the biggest show of the month.
1: Oh, the anniversary show doesn't have... English commentary? No. A little surprised about that. Well, they didn't last year, but I feel like this year they've been making an effort to do more of the big shows that way, so right. it's a little surprising, but that's, that's okay. So, I mean, yeah, so these the Road to no- New Beginning shows will not have English commentary, but the New Beginning in Sapporo's coming up, right? Right. And that one and, will have it.
0: Right. And then um, also... Wrapping up the schedule, there'll be a Corrigan Hall show on March thirty, yeah, March thirtieth at uh, five thirty a.m. Sakura Genesis will have English commentary, and that's going to be um, April first, three a.m. And um, you know they might end up adding uh, English commentary to the March
1: thirtieth show. Man, it's crazy those guys are making the, those flights over to uh Japan like so often. Right.
0: And well, for the new beginning, the road to new beginnings, uh Cyrus will not be on those shows. He's only going to be on the new beginning in Osaka. It's going to be Kevin Kelly and he mentioned he'll have a special for what show? Uh, for the two New Beginning, the two Road 2 shows.
1: Oh, so they are going to have English commentary for yeah. the Road 2 shows. Yeah, yeah. The February 6th. I was mistaken. Like, I, that's what I said earlier. I, I didn't realize.
0: I thought... The March. The, the March, March shows, know. yeah. Or not... The, not, the, not the, the only March show is the New Japan Cup.
1: But for Road to New Beginning, they're yes. having English commentary. Yeah.
0: yeah. I didn't realize. February 5th and 6th, so it'll be English commentary. Wow. My, I think it's going to be Kevin Kelly and Rocky Romero, probably. Um, mm-hmm. Kevin Kelly was teasing somebody in the company would be doing... Um, commentary with him. Hopefully not uh, Yoshi Tatsu. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my God. Anyways, so uh, some other news. Um, so there had been speculation that this would be the case, but it's now been confirmed by Ring of Honor that for their Super Card of Honor during WrestleMania weekend, Kota Ibushi is officially signed for that yes. show, and we are going to be there. So we're looking uh, very much forward to seeing him. And uh, Kenny Omega will also be there. Um, you know, we'll get more into this next week, but there is news that uh, uh, Tanahashi is injured right now. Um, obviously, that's no secret. We've been talking about it for a while, but um, with some of the angles that they ran this past weekend and also the different injuries and ailments, um, it is in doubt. He was originally announced for Supercard of Honor as well as the Rev Pro Show and some some other dates. During also, a, uh, the Australia tour and the Australia tour. So he's definitely off this tour currently, and I think he he's off the Australia. He's tour. He's off the Australia tour. Okay, and from what it sounds like, based on the way it's they're making it sound, is like we might not see him till G One. If if not, maybe after that. Like right. he's taking a long time off, which is well-deserved. He needs to. Yeah. I I mean, there is this part of me... I mean, we talked about in previous episodes where, like, I was... We bought those Rep Pro tickets solely because we were going to see Tanahashi there. And uh, uh Pro did say that they're going to be making some announcements uh, here in the next few days regarding that show. So I'm wondering if it has something to do with Tanahashi no right. longer
0: being on the card. And, uh, I mentioned this in one of our group threads. I'm like, if Tanahashi's out for WrestleMania weekend... More than likely, New Japan will have to send a uh, better replacement. So, what if we get Okada or Naito <laughs> showing up at Rev Pro and Supercard of Honor? Man, that would be... I, send Ishii, man. Yeah, they could. Send Ishii, that's what or, I would... Uh, or they could send a Minoru Suzuki. No, send Ishii. <laughs>
1: <laughs> send Ishii. So, yeah, so that's... Uh, you know, kind of what's going on with that. They're also on the New Japan Pro Wrestling Aussie Tour that's coming up. Um, the Mighty Don't Kneel, which we're gonna need to get some more information on this because up until this point, I was always under the impression uh, that TM61 was basically the Mighty Don't Kneel.
0: Right. That's what. So the same here.
1: Yeah, but apparently, like that's that it. that name continued with another group, and I think. Now, hey guys, if if I'm wrong, you can you know flame me on the message boards or whatever, you know, Twitterverse, whatever, I don't know. But I think uh, Juicy Gambino and Slex, who had that match with um, Okada, they're part of that that, uh, faction. I could be wrong. Actually,
0: I think I have it here. You
1: Uh, you know who's part of the Mighty D'O'Neal?
0: So, yeah, so it looks like it's uh, Slex, Damian Slater... Marquise Pitt and Jonah Rock.
1: Okay, so I was wrong. My bad. So Ga- yeah, Gambino is part of the Bullet Club. I know. I, I know. <laughs> I don't know if he's even really part of the Bullet Club, bro. I know. Okay, yeah. So Jeremy sent me this video where like Bad Luck Fale sent gave a shirt to Gambino and he's quote unquote part of the Bullet Club. How can you really be part of the Bullet Club if you are never with the Bullet Club? And does Fale even have the authority to make decisions like that? <laughs> I really, like, I know he's an OG, but, like, I don't know if he really has the authority to, like, make that sort of decision. Right. To me, that's, like, Brian Adams, like, inviting someone into the NWO. Like, does that hold any weight? No. No, it doesn't. Like, I don't know that, like, or, like, if the Giant had invited someone into the NWO, would that have mattered? I don't know. I don't think so. So, but, yeah, so, anyway, so the Mighty Don't Kneel are officially signed for the New Japan Aussie tour. Yeah, and it's they challenge the Bullet Club. Yeah, match. so I mean, I don't know. We don't. We're not too big up on the uh, you know Australian wrestling like scene, and I don't think very many Western fans really are, to be honest. Right. Um, but the fact of the matter is, like you know, we've got this. You know, crew out there that's challenging the Bull Club, if there even is a Bull Club. <laughs> we'll see. But that's kind of cool. So they, they are officially signed for the Australia tour. So that should be pretty interesting. Um, the last week. Um, Prior to this show running, the, uh, they had run the free match of the week on New Japan Pro or New Japan World. Uh, they were running the match with uh, Liger versus Black Tiger, which is Eddie Guerrero from uh, February third, nineteen ninety six. That, that puny guy. <laughs> I had to tell I had to tell Vince he was the Mexican Shawn Michaels in order to sign him. <laughs> Uh, but anyway so uh, that was like a four star match that they were running as the free match of the week that's something definitely worth catch, you know, checking out I think they they aired that because of Fantascomania um, this week they're actually running the match between Evil and Goto from Power Struggle in 2015 which also is supposed, supposed to be a pretty good match so nice. you know check that out that's free for those of you who are non-subscribers to New Japan World you can watch that for free you don't even have to subscribe it's You know, it's on YouTube, so, and uh, let's talk about Y2J. Yes. Let's talk about some WWE for a minute
0: <laughs> The Ayatollah rock and Roller, Chris Jericho, the alpha
1: The what? finesser of the year
0: <laughs> <laughs> Was on The Raw 25 episode Showed up In a Alpha Club T-shirt.
1: Yo, so I listened to the show Last week and you said, I hope he shows up In the Alpha Club shirt, and I said, that's not happening And you're like, I know, but I want it to <laughs> Right, I don't care, I want him to show
0: up In an Alpha Club t-shirt, and he that's did. what he did He did. He got his merch over on the most watched Raw episode in a long time, four or four million viewers saw Chris Jericho in the Alpha. Oh, Wasn't it like five? No, it was over four million. Oh man, it's still uh, the big numbers. It's still big numbers. Um, Jericho got his Alpha Club T-shirt there. Pretty much, he looked just like Alpha Chris Jericho, uh, but he was kinda, he kind of reverted back to the list. Jericho.
1: Yeah, he put he put uh, the Drifter on the list. And- yeah. This man is amazing, bro. The fact that he's simultaneously getting two paychecks from the two biggest wrestling companies in the entire world. Um, Shout out to our friends Rich and James from One Nation Radio. Uh, A few years ago, I don't even know how long ago it was, but we started talking about Jeff Jarrett being the greatest Finesse, Yeah. And, uh, you know, because finesse became like this... uh, you know, term that just kind of became part of pop culture. And so we started talking about finessers in wrestling, guys that were able to kind of come in and just finesse their way into situations that no one else could really get into. And, I mean, dude, Y2J might be finesser of the year right now. This man... Yeah, easily. Easily, easily like, yeah. This guy's amazing. Like, <laughs> this dude just headlined the freaking Tokyo Dome, and now he's on Raw 25, putting people on the list, getting his New Japan merch over. Like, what other worker can... I mean, we already talked about it. What other worker could just leave WWE, be on good terms with them, and go work New Japan? But then who can just come back and and just show up? At this
0: point, there's nobody else that can do that.
1: Nobody. Nobody. So, I mean, we watched that show. I was definitely—we won't get into it, but I was definitely disappointed (laughs) by that show. I mean, we don't have to have a whole long—one week ago, we were watching that show, and I mean, I was definitely disappointed. But— y 2j being on that show was a big uh, you know I was that was I marked out for that moment I enjoyed it quite a bit so yeah and we didn't even know if he' was
0: really gonna show up right because there was this whole speculation of W uh, would be kind of announced to him without a deal being finalized
1: yeah <laughs> and I mean how much do you think that dude I mean like y2j's not cheap man like this guy's right. getting paid yeah he is so that was awesome hats off to uh, the alpha. getting himself over. This dude's amazing. Uh, And then some more WWE news. So from this past weekend, um, Shinsuke Nakamura... The King of Strong Style. The King of Strong Style, man. Won the Royal Rumble. Yeah, bro. So... (laughs) <laughs> so he went in uh, a six to five odds on favorite. That's 54.55% for you non gambling fans out there. So there's some pretty high odds. And, um, you know, the second highest odds favorite was Roman Reigns. And that was a fantastic match. Like, yeah. it's one of the best Royal Rumbles yeah, I've ever
0: seen. It was booked beautifully. Um, I was on the edge of my seat that final four with nakamura roman uh finn and cena it was great to see the nakamura and finn showdown we had a little chaos versus bullet club uh showdown there
1: yeah we ended up with uh like two of the biggest stars from new japan against two of like the biggest like wwe stars it's kind of surreal to watch that like happening in a wwe ring like that and then um just for there's been so much mishandling of Nakamura this year like I don't even I don't watch the weekly program like Jeremy does and like some of the other guys in the social suplex network but I've seen what they've done with him and I mean it it just it pisses me off to no end because I'm not I'm not like the biggest like oh this guy should have gone over this guy got buried like you know I understand it's a business you know whatever but when you have a dude that you can just print money off of He's the most, he's one of the most marketable stars that has ever lived. And you've just got, you've got money sitting on the table and you just set it on fire. That's what they've been doing all year with Nakamura. It's pissed me off to no end. And then finally, they're finally going to pull the trigger with him. Like, oh man, like I was, I can't tell you how, I've never been that ner- that nervous for a Roman. Dude, Aurora. I marked out so hard when Nakamura eliminated Roman. And then I'm mar- I did too. I, I bro, I was right here in Strong Style Studios. I was sick as a dog and I, as soon as it happened, I popped. I was running around the room. I was like, He did
0: it. He did it. He did it. Yeah, me I like, he did it. Uh, me, James, and Rich over to Donovan Dojo. We were <laughs> <laughs> we were jumping up and down high-fiving celebrating and then we popped even more when they so asked him who he wants to challenge he said AJ a- G- Styles yes. so getting a Wrestle Kingdom rematch on
1: Wrestlemania and yo I thought that... I know everyone else disagrees. Like, that year when they wrestled, most people preferred the uh, Tanahashi-Okada match. I preferred the... And maybe it's because I'm a bigger mark for these guys, but I preferred the Nakamura-AJ match. I thought it was a better match in the long run. I mean, it was near five stars. It was incredible. Yeah, it was a great match. I recently watched that a few weeks ago, and man. So, like, for the first time in, like... I don't know how many years I'm suddenly excited for uh, a title. I know it's not going to main event, but I'm very excited for a title match at WrestleMania. At
0: WrestleMania. I'm excited for WrestleMania season in general. Yeah, and we're going to be there. We're going to be in New Orleans. We might see Nakamura. Right, we might see a lot of guys. We might see AJ. Especially if we go to uh, Wale Mania on Thursday. A lot of uh, guys hit that up.
1: Also, Asuka, I mean, she wasn't a New Japan star, but I mean, big weekend for Rezu just in general. I mean... Asuka winning the first-ever Women's Royal Rumble, one of the most decorated champions in stardom history, and Joshi in general. So, I mean, that's kind of... I was kind of shocked that they put over two Japanese stars. I don't think any Japanese star has ever won the Royal Rumble unless you count Yokozuna.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, hats off to the King of Strong Style. I hope... I, I just... I don't even know what his Wrestlemania entrance is going to be like. It's going to be amazing. If it's anything like his Wrestle Kingdom entrances I'm just going to mark out like <laughs> so freaking hard you have no idea. A um, couple other just very small news stories. Nothing big. Um, there's a write up very recently of uh, Tomoki Hanma. I think I said that right. I could be saying it wrong, but uh, everyone knows, you know, Hanma's kind of like the underdog of New Japan and he was injured, you know, nearly paralyzed uh, last year. And he was recently visiting uh, local children in the hospital. Really inspiring story and a good interview with him. And that's on uh, the New Japan website. You want, definitely want to check that out. Also, um, the New Japan pr- uh, shop just came out with a bunch of new merchandise, a bunch of new LIJ merchandise. Really cool stuff. So if you get a chance, you know, be sure to check that out. And then uh, there was some really interesting news. Uh, I don't know what we're gonna say about this, but um, two recent negotiations that were going on in New Japan. So the first one, I'll talk. We'll talk about Bobby Lashley, former WWE star, former MMA star, Bellator, you know, force alumni, and most recently a big star in TNA or Impact or whatever you want to call it. Um, and for the past few years, it's been one of their like predominant top guy yeah yeah, like top guys top you know champions and it looks like now he is on well his contract's up he's done with tna he's on his way most likely to wwe but the news just recently came out that he had been in talks uh with new japan so another guy i mean we just talked about bill goldberg just a couple weeks ago obviously there's been a huge exodus of signings we saw EC3 showed up at TakeOver. Yeah, we saw EC3 from TNA go to WWE. We also obviously talked about, uh, you know, Hanson and Rowe, War Machine, and Ricochet, and, you know, Candice LeRae, and all these other stars. So, um, but Lashley was wanting to come to New Japan. Uh, I I don't know why the, you know, uh, conversations fell apart. I'm assuming maybe it had something to do with money.
0: I'm I'm sure. Um, I'm sure they don't see Lashley as a big of a star as probably as Lashley thinks he is. I would have. I mean, I feel like maybe he would have been a huge star in New Japan. I mean, he could be, but maybe as far as money wise, maybe he was trying to get like some Jericho money, and uh, he's not on that level.
1: I don't know. It would have been really cool to see him there, but I mean, it was interesting to note that it's inter- It's this is an interesting time, uh, ladies and gentlemen, who are listening, where. People are not just clamoring to automatically go to the machine that is WWE when they leave some of these other promotions. Right. They're at the same time simultaneously having the discussion, having the talk with New Japan.
0: Right. I mean, it's a very uh, viable option for these guys, especially with Chris Jericho um, coming in there. So a lot of former WWE stars are actually looking at New Japan as an option. And, I mean, I think a guy like Bobby Lashley would have done great in New Japan. He would have been a great heavyweight
1: competitor. Yeah. I mean, look at a big guy like Bob Sapp, how well he did. I mean, Bobby Lashley's not that much smaller than him. And, uh, I mean, he's around the same size as Brock Lesnar. And, I
0: mean, uh, Bobby Lashley has gotten a ton better since his um, WWE run. And so, I think he would have some really
1: solid matches in New Japan. Not just that, but, I mean, he can really wrestle. But he also has that MMA background. And I mean, he would have been a natural fit stylistically to, you know, the strong style, you know, wrestling that they do in New Japan. I mean, he would
0: have fit right into that. He's a guy that they they could have uh, put in some never open weight. Uh, title matches with uh, I,
1: I see him as a headliner. I mean yeah. that he could be doing IWGP title like matches and everything on that level. You could know? be uh, the US champ. Yeah, so I mean, uh, kind of a I'm a little disappointed that we're not going to see Lashley. Surprisingly, at one point I wouldn't have even said that. I probably wouldn't have even cared. I would have said, <laughs> you know, Bobby Lashley. But I mean, the guy's good. Um, but here's the more bizarre thing. Um, I don't know if any of you guys caught this story this past week, but apparently we were this close to getting Hulk Hogan back in New Japan uh, as an official member of the Bullet Club. Very... (laughs) I don't even know what to say to that. Like, This is one of the most bizarre things I've ever heard of in my life.
0: Well, I think Hogan, you know, I mean, pretty much all he knows is the wrestling business, and I know he's probably dying to get back to WWE, but... The sponsors are are not going to approve of Hogan coming back anytime soon. Because of WWE. Yeah, because of what he said. And so I feel like Hogan's trying to find any way he can get back into business. He's already kind of burned bridges with TNA. So I don't, I don't expect him back there anytime soon. And definitely don't expect to see him in Ring of Honor. So, I mean, New Japan, he's had a history there. Um, he's I mean, they would still see him as a huge star in New Japan. So it doesn't surprise me that he was he, trying.
1: To- he's one of the biggest stars. I mean, people don't really tend to truly grasp or understand the magnitude of star. I mean, yeah, it's Hulk Hogan. We all know how big a star he is. But in Japan, there may have never at any point been a more over Gaijin star. I mean, we're talking... Like Hanson level, but like Hanson was there for so many years and he was revered as this monster. Hogan was like a superstar. They saw him as like a wrestling god. As crazy as that sounds, I mean, this dude was, he had a best selling album (laughs) (laughs) over there with his LP. Um, Hulk Hogan is. Like a legend of New Japan Believe it or not Like Just go watch How over he was In the 80s And in the 90s Even uh, You know Even in 2003 Like his match with Chono The dude is Just a mega star in Japan And people don't realize it um, With that being said I don't know what he would have done I don't think he would have wrestled, but I mean, no. can you imagine Hulk Hogan being part of the freaking Bullet, Bullet Club? Club? I mean, he, I
0: guess he'd just be kind of like a manager a spokesman for them.
1: I don't know. I saw, like, some interviews... <sighs> Related to this where Nick and Matt Jackson said that for both of them Hulk Hogan is their both of their favorite wrestler of all time <laughs> And they said like their dream was to like bring him into the Tokyo Dome and to walk down the aisle With all their belts doing the air guitar, right? And they're like that would just be like a an, an ultimate markout moment for them and Tama has talked about this Kenny's talked about this Uh, Nick and Matt have talked about this all at different times over the past year I never really put too much thought into it I don't know why like I just I read those reports where people had mentioned it I didn't realize there was real backstage negotiations going on
0: yeah very interesting and it's just weird it's like it's such a bizarre thought to think like I'm having a hard time just picturing like Hogan like walking out there in a Bullet Club shirt doing the the air
1: guitar. And it would in a way it would kind of fit because of Hogan's like NWO background persona, right. but in another way where in theory that sounds great, but when you think about the actuality of what it would be, how weird would that be to see this old Hulk Hogan just strutting down? Wouldn't it just seem like? Another Hogan, where he, like another thing that Hogan just does, where he shoehorns himself into a hot, like hot, hot angle, hot angle, yeah. and just tries to get himself over again and make himself relevant. Like, I I don't think I'd really be a big fan of this, to be honest with you. Yeah, same here, and especially if he did try to wrestle another oh my match. God. <laughs> he did say something uh, recently where he said, I'm he was doing an interview, and he's like, well, I, I'll tell you what, brother. He's like, I. I I'm so. He's like, I'm getting ready to hop on a plane and go to Japan and uh, hang out. He's like, I'm so excited about them Bullet Club kids. And I was like, what the? Like,
0: what, what the heck? Well, remember, Josh, he wants the IWGP title. <laughs> the WWE title, that's a trinket. That's a toy you put on the Christmas tree. He wants the belt. He wants the IWGP heavyweight championship. Do you know
1: what's funny about Hogan is he thinks he's the first IWGP champion. Really? Yeah, he he thinks he is. He's not. He won the first tournament, and the belt that became the first IWGP belt... He did hold, but it was like a trophy. It was, he never defended it. It wasn't an actual world, world title, title, right? But he doesn't know that. Like when you talk to Hogan, he's like, "Yeah, I'm the first IWGP World Champion." And you're like, no, you're not. No, dude. you're not, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you never held that. You never held the world the IWGP title. You just won the IWGP tournament. tournament yeah, like that. T- I don't think they start doing the tournament until like uh, like eighty eight. Or I'm sorry, I don't think it was a title until like eighty eight. I think up until that point, it was just a tournament. Also, um, it's so weird. Like, you know, Hulk Hogan thinks he has the original, uh, big gold belt at home and he doesn't. (laughs) And like, he thinks he does. And like, no one can convince this dude that he doesn't like have that belt, but he thinks he does. Hogan could be another, uh, candidate for finesser. Bro, finesser of a lifetime. Right. Like, so yeah, uh. We were like – and the thing is, um, going back to these negotiations, apparently the only reason that they fell apart is for – because of money and because the feeling within New Japan. Because here's another thing you guys have to keep in mind. Who actually ends up in the Bullet Club is not up to like – for instance, it's not up to Kenny Omega. Even You're though k right. kayfabe, he's the leader. New Japan decides who's in the Bullet Club. They're the ones who decided. So if they if New Japan like signed the deal with him and said he's in the bullet club, he's in the bullet right. club. Right. There's no no, we don't want him like no, he's in. He's in. And the feeling though was that he would uh, he wanted too much money. And that he would bolt as soon as interest from WWE came around. And the feeling was that there would be interest because this already happened a couple different times with Hogan. Uh, The first time with... uh When when, with TNA the first time when he went over there, remember they they shot the angle where uh,
0: Jeff Jarrett hit him with a guitar
1: yeah and then he went back to WWE like right after that, like as soon as they got a whiff that like there was interest in him from a big company you know, WWE would rather have if he's going to make money, they would rather have him making money under their umbrella than somewhere else so uh, they kind of thought that maybe he'd be using New Japan and the Bullet Club as a stepping stone to get back into the good graces of the E of course. Yeah. Of course. That's, that's the main thing.
0: Hogan wants to be in WWE at the end of the day.
1: No, he doesn't. He wants to be in New Japan because that's he has, He wants to wrestle for real. He, he doesn't want to bullshit around.
0: He wants to be wherever he's going to get the most money.
1: Now, remember the promo? He's like, uh, I want to be in New yeah, Japan. Yeah. I want all the good wrestlers to come to me where I can really wrestle. I don't want to bullshit around. Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if man. you guys haven't seen these promos, just Google New Ju- Hulk Hogan New Japan promos. They're freaking awesome. Um, that's all the news I got. What do you
0: guys have one one last thing we've talked about this uh, couple, last couple of weeks the uh, Taka Tai Chi Mania so uh, that's a show that I
1: thought they were going to air that on I know they're doing it on Samurai TV but I thought that it was going to be on New Japan World yeah so
0: did I but I guess not but uh, we talked about this uh, Taka No who and uh, Tai Chi from Suzuki Goon they promoted a show on uh, January 23rd called Taka Tai Chi Mania there was a sellout crowd of 1,525 at Corrigan Hall uh, both Suzuki Gun and L.I.J. were the stars of the show The top two matches you had uh, Bushi and Takahashi defeating the team of Takamichi Nohu and Kaiji Tomato During that match you had Bushi blowing miss at Tomato And then Tomato asked for a singles match with him then, in the main event, you had Naito defeating Tai Chi in 24 minutes and 31 seconds with the Destino. Um, as we mentioned last week and the week before, this was the 15th anniversary of Tai Chi's pro wrestling debut. Um, LIJ celebrated after those top two matches, and Naito told Tai Chi that he should uh, think about stepping up to the heavyweight
1: division. He should, because he's a heavyweight. He does not look like a junior. He's been every time he's in the like best of super juniors and stuff like that. It, he's just a heavyweight picking on juniors. And freaking. He suck. looks
0: yoked to the gills compared to most of those juniors.
1: Dude, there's guys in the heavyweight division that are smaller than him. Right. Just look at Zack Saber Junior. Right. Uh, I actually do want to see that uh, Tai Chi versus Naito Naito match. As weird as you listeners might think, I am right now. Uh, because trust me, I freaking hate Tai Chi, but I do know that when push comes to shove, he can have a great match. And I'm just wondering what that match was like, even if it's just novelty. But I bet you at 24 minutes with Naito, there's I doubt that could be a bad match. Yeah, I'm, in a sold out Corken Hall, there's no way that's a bad match. Right, I'm
0: sure it was a pretty good match, and I'd be willing to see it too because I, I I hate Tai Chi just as much as you do. <laughs> um, but it would for me great pleasure to see him get his butt whooped by uh, Naito either Dusino. Do we have any other
1: news? No, that's that's it, man. There actually, okay. So there was something I wanted to make mention of um, on the air. I didn't really talk to you about this, Jeremy, or anything, and uh, you know we'll give you guys a, ra- a rundown of what we're gonna be covering after this. But I just want to just take a serious moment here. So for those of you who are listening out there right now, um, you know we run a wrestling. Uh, group on Facebook, the wrestling squared circle. And, you know, we meet a lot of people just in our everyday lives, me and Jeremy, it's kind of funny. We'll be wearing like wrestling shirts and we'll run into people out and about and they want to give us like, they want to one sweet us and two sweet us stuff, <laughs> which always catches me off guard. I always think it's so crazy. But, um, you know, recently when we were coming up with the idea of starting this show, I you know, I work in finance uh, and I do like sales and lead generation things like that I help people with their uh, like retirement accounts essentially and there was a uh, I guess a co there was a coworker worker that I met very recently who was a new hire by the name of Jamaris Dorset, and I noticed him i noticed that he had one of those pops at his uh if you guys ever seen the like little pop figurines the guys with the little black eyes uh, which are those are pretty cool and i saw the aj styles like pop on his desk and i was like what the heck like <laughs> like oh snap this guy likes aj styles and he he'd come to sh- you know i go to work and i don't you know i try to dress up like semi like uh dressy because it's kind of like a business um but we have like a we have a Semi-casual You know Attire But um You know My buddy Jamaris He would always come in And he'd be wearing Uso shirts Or he'd be wearing Like AJ style shirts He had Nakamura Different So I mean Like this guy Loved wrestling So I was like I gotta I gotta meet this dude So right when we were Starting this show I walked up to him I was like Yo what's up man You like wrestling He's like Yeah bro And this was a few weeks Before uh, Wrestle Kingdom And I started telling him Like hey Have you heard about You know Y2J And um you know, Omega. and Omega and he's like oh yeah he's like I really really want to see that match and I was like you follow New Japan he's like no not really not at all I just you know watch WWE I mean he really watched WWE I mean he's super like active online like with his fandom and so I mentioned to him you know that I ran you know, that I ran this group online. He joined our, uh, Facebook group. He wasn't very active in the group, but he had just recently joined it. And I told him about the podcast that, that I was starting and he thought it was like really cool. And he wanted, to, you know, to watch new Japan because of it. And so a few weeks later, you know, things went by and I was like, telling him, I was like, yeah, man, you know, podcasts going really well. He's like, Oh yeah. He's like, he's like, I know, man. He's like, I, I listened to it. And I was like, you listen to my podcast? (laughs) Cause I never like met anyone in real life that like, I knew that people were downloading it and I don't know how or who, or who you guys are, which, you know, thank you for listening, but it was really cool. You know, me and Jamaris, we weren't like best friends, but he was someone that I knew from work and that he took the time out to listen to this show and to, you know, tell me that he really enjoyed it and that it like got him interested in, you know, the Japanese product, which was really awesome um this past uh week um last tuesday it was actually very unfortunate um jamaris passed away um and we were in a training class together and he just he wasn't there the next morning i didn't, didn't think too much of it because you know people call out but then the news kind of hit and people started you know sharing the news links and he was uh, unfortunately involved in a uh You know like a a crash incident and you know his life was taken from him and you know that kind of hit me that um you know not to make this show super heavy or anything like that but um this was somebody who really loved wrestling and I was even thinking about it watching you know this weekend of awesome cards that was on it that he would have loved to have seen you know Nakamura win and all these different things but um, I wanted to pay tribute you know most of you guys listening you don't know this individual uh, it's someone that you'll never meet and many of you guys will never meet you or anything like that but you know the fact that someone took time to listen to our show and uh, tell me that they enjoyed it and kind of expressed that to me it meant a lot to me and um, you know I'm still waiting to hear what's going to be happening with his family and kind of like the arrangements with the funerals and things like that but uh I'm sure, you know, I'm sure no one from his family is like necessarily listening to this right now, but I just felt like it would be appropriate to, you know, pay tribute to him and to him being like the first listener that I ever had that told me that they liked what we were doing, which, you know, probably didn't realize at the time, but it meant a lot to me. So, you know, Jamaris, my prayers and uh, thoughts are out there with you and your family and, uh, you know, I appreciate it. Yeah, man, uh, I know you told that story.
0: You told us about that, and it was just uh, very shocking. So definitely uh, my prayers and thoughts go out to his family. And um, it's just one of those moments, guys, just t- take the time to uh, tell your, fa- your friends and family that you love them and check in with people that you haven't probably talked to in a while, man. Just You never know when somebody's going to go, so... Just you know, do the right thing, just kind of reach out to people and just love your love the people that are close to you.
1: Nice. Well, we um, we have next week, we've got the coverage of New Beginning coming up. Right. New Beginning night one and night two. And Sapporo
0: as well. We're going to name our uh, Wrestler of the Month and Match of the Month for January.
1: If you guys have opinions, who you think is deserving of being recognized as wrestler of the month or what you thought the match of the month i'm sure you guys have some pretty varied opinions out there let us know hit us up on uh where can they find us jeremy on twitter at ki strong style i'm also on
0: twitter at jeremy l donovan you can uh join us in the facebook group the wrestling squared circle you can uh find us in there we're always having conversations in there Uh, You can find us at socialsuplex.com That's where all our Columns, news, and uh, podcasts Are And uh, of course we're on Apple Podcasts Stitcher, Google Play Podbean, uh, Podbean, TuneIn Radio Uh, Wherever you get Your podcasts you will find the Social Suplex Podcast Network
1: I'm starting to get more uh, active On the New Japan Pro Wrestling Reddit Yeah you can find
0: us on there as well don't downvote our (laughs) (laughs) podcast.
1: Yeah. Dude, that's the most weird thing. Like... We'll, we'll put up a new episode, and I'm always like, man, this is such a positive group. It's such a you know open community. This is awesome, and I'll, I'll, I'll check the freaking podcast, and we got nine upvotes, and then I'll check like four hours later, we're down to two upvotes. The freak happened out here. You guys are trying to bury this podcast.
0: Yeah, we're trying. They're, they're afraid of us uh, taking over the territory, <laughs> and so they're trying to bury us. They know what oh. the cream always
1: rises to the top, brother. They're like, who are these? Oh,
0: <laughs>
1: Alright no, guys Actually there are a lot of We've been getting a lot of people Off of that uh, Off of that community Who have been tuning in Surprisingly And it's been pretty awesome And so we want more Interaction with you guys We want to hear from you And you know We appreciate you guys Listening and we're We're going to bring you Guys more awesome shows Here in the next few weeks With all the awesome uh, You know coverage That's going on
0: Right And Yeah I mean We thought we were going to Have a hard time Doing a weekly show But There's so much coverage, like it's crazy. Right, so we're going to do our best, guys, to keep bringing you the best coverage in all things New Japan. Because we're the ace of podcasts. And don't you forget it. So until next time, goodbye and good night. Bang!